It's a perpetual hope kind of Bible study. Perpetual hope. I am so excited to be able to have Bible study with you guys officially and that this is going to be on the website. It's just truly a blessing and an honor. So good evening. Get your popcorn, get your notebook, get your pen, whatever you need, because we're getting ready to do the first official Bible study. Um, and so I have for you guys tonight a lesson that is very near and dear to me. I love teaching on purpose. If you guys know anything about that, uh, about me or whatever, I, I, I love the word of God and what he teaches about purpose. And so we're coming straight from the beginning straight from Genesis 1 and 27. We're going to start there. So the title is, you know, I love titles, but for those who may want a title uh, along uh, with your note taking, it is called Let Us Make Man. Let Us Make Man. And so we're talking about the very beginning of humanity, the very beginning of humanity, because in order to really uh, delve into purpose, in order to really uh, know who God is, who you are, what's the purpose of man, and all the things like that, to be able to really uh, stick, uh, stick a, a, a point in where we are in reference to where we should be, we have to go back to the beginning. We always need to go to Genesis to reference why, the why of the thing. Why did God make man? How did God make man? And all of those questions being asked, then we can say, okay, so if God made man for those purposes, then that mean, means God made me for those purposes, and we can move forward from there. Because I believe that sometimes we as children of God, we uh, distance ourselves from the original plan, and we think for we think for some reason that that was for uh, uh, Abraham and, and, and Moses them, but the original reason why and Adam and all, but the reason why God made Adam is still holds true to the reason why God made the ladies of perpetual hope and everybody else. So let's go ahead and delve right into it. That was just a quick introduction. Lord, just bless this word. Let it hit the ears. Let it hit the heart, God. Do what only you can do. Move me all the way out the way. Let them hear straight from your from your throne, God. Let me just be a conduit that you can use in Jesus' name, amen. So let us make man. So I'm going to read Genesis 1:27. So I have this broken down into three parts. So we are three beings, just like God is God. He is Abba Father. He is Jesus Christ. And he is the Holy Spirit. Well, we are three in one as well. We are spirit first. We are a, a, a spirit that's wrapped in a body, and we have a soul. So we are a spirit wrapped in a body with a soul. And so we're going to start with the spirit aspect of it because God did. And so he said, uh, let us make man, Genesis 1:27. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Let's go back to 26, though, where he says, Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all of the wild animals, and over all the creatures that 
move along the ground. So if you want to know what your purpose is, go back to this particular verse. We were created in his image, in his likeness, to have dominion in the earth. It says, so God created mankind in his own image, not in the image of a robot, not in the image of an animal, but in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. So we were male and female from the beginning. And it says, male and female, he created them. Okay, so pause for a second with that. So we are spirit, because when God talks here, let him, let us make man in our image, God is spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. That's in John, in the New Testament. God is spirit. He always was spirit. God is spirit, period. So when it talks about being in his image, it's not talking about looking like the man Jesus when he walked around in the earth for 33 years. It's talking about the spirit God, the, the, uh, the God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit, all in one. The Trinity is spirit. Um, and so that's who he created us to be first. And so uh, he what he done was, and we'll get to the second part, but we were made spirit first because that is how we must worship God in spirit. And in truth, we through Christ are able to worship God anywhere because of this characteristic. God is omnipresent and we're not omnipresent, but wherever we go, because God is everywhere, he's omnipresent. That's why he was, that's why Jesus was telling the woman at the well, there will come a time where those, uh, we won't worship in the synagogue and all this kind of stuff. We'll worship God in spirit and in truth. We can worship him anywhere. We don't have to be inside the four walls of a church. We don't have, you know what I'm saying? We can worship him anywhere because our spirit connects to his spirit. So we are spirit first. Now, let's go to Genesis 2-7 where we are biological. So when I've done my research on this, um, I've taught this before, but, you know, uh, fresh, fresh, uh, a fresh revelation always comes forth. But when, um, when, we talk about the biological or the body because I said we were spirit with a body wrapped around us and then a soul. So biologically speaking, in scientific terms, the dust that uh, we're going to talk about in Genesis 2-7, man was made out of 11 elements. And if, you want, or if you're taking notes, jot this down. It's oxygen, carbon, hydrogen, nitrogen, calcium, phosphorus, potassium, sulfur, sodium, chlorine, and magnesium. So let's go to Genesis 2-7 with that in mind. Genesis 2-7 says, Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground. Pause. So that is dust. If you look, if you research dust, current 2020 dust, it has oxygen, carbon, hydrogen, nitrogen, calcium, phosphorus, potassium, sulfur, sodium, chlorine, and magnesium. So we are a spirit wrapped in these 11 elements, dust or flesh or body, the natural, whatever, however you uh, word it and visualize it for yourself, but they are made of these 11 elements. And so when you think about that, or at least when I think about that, I'm like, okay, God, wait a minute. Now you made me in your image and after your likeness, so I'm a spirit, but you you are so amazing because you made earth, because you created earth and you created us to have dominion in the earth, for us to be connected to the earth, for us to function in the earth, for us to be able to have dominion in this place that you made us for. You made us out of this stuff. You made us out of the dust of the ground. How, you know, how amazing is that? Not only am I in earth, I am earth. 
but that's only the second part of me. The first part of me is spirit. So not only am I uh, reconciled back to God through Christ Jesus, but I was originally made in the image and after the likeness of a spirit, of God Almighty, of King of Kings, of Lord of Lords, of uh, uh, Jehovah, of I am that I am. I, I, I'm spirit first. And then you wrap 11 elements around the spirit. And let's finish reading Genesis 2-7. It says, then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living soul. That's the third part. So we are a spirit wrapped up in a body or flesh, and we have a soul. But we did not have a soul because before God breathed the breath of life into a man and he became a living soul, right before that happened, we were a spirit wrapped in dust. We were a spirit wrapped in 11 elements. We were wrapped in the oxygen, wrapped in the carbon. Just think about it as I listen, wrapped in the hydrogen. This is how amazing God is. This ain't even got nothing to do with us right now. It does, but it doesn't. This is just showing how amazing God is. Are you kidding me? He created this place where we live, where we have dominion, and then he made us out of the very things that we would sit there and, and, and speak to. Uh, Adam named the animals. So... You know what I'm saying? Like, just think about that. God gave us dominion of the very thing that he, that he covered our spirit with. That's beautiful. That's amazing. That's only God. Um, and so the last part is soul. And like I said, we did not have a soul until God breathed the breath of life into man. And then man became a living soul. So without God, we're dead. I don't care nothing about your flesh. God don't care about your flesh. None of that because it's all about your spirit and your soul because that's where God is. Now, he also is in the handiwork of the dust being formed into a body. He everywhere. He's all in it. But when, especially when you're talking about the spirit and the soul, your flesh is temporary. Your flesh is just necessary because we are earth, earthly beings right now. But your soul and your spirit, especially your spirit, your spirit is eternal. <clears throat> now, let's talk about the soul. Um. And also, I just wanted to put in right there that we are made of 11 uh, natural elements, but also that 12th element that made us a living soul, the 12th element was the breath of God. Huh. How about that? The 12th element was the breath of God. Now, 11 elements is cool out there. You can walk around on 11 elements. You go to the beach and you lay around on 11 elements and all these things. But until you mix the breath of God in that thing, you ain't nothing other than a beach. You ain't nothing other than a sand, uh, a sand dune. But when, uh, but when you mix the breath of God in it, man became a living soul. So what is that? Soul is, uh, uh, it, it comprise, it's comprised of mind, will, and emotions. So your mind is the thoughts, your will is your desires and decisions, and your emotions are your feelings. Your emotions are your feelings. So we are a spirit matching God in his image and after his likeness, wrapped in 11 elements or flesh or dust or uh, earth, or however you want to word it. And that 12th element is God, God's breath inside of us that caused us to be alive. 
So anytime you want to say, woe is me, anytime you have suicidal thoughts, anytime the devil is at your heels, anytime the weight of the world is heavy, anytime you feel in your feelings, anytime, my God, anytime anything is going on where you want to touch this flesh in some kind of way, where you want to be Oh, uh, uh, a victim, victim, victim mindset. Remember that that 12th element says, I got God in me and greater is he that is in me than he that is in this world. My goodness, if that ain't a wake up call, we don't need no wake up call. If that can't wake us up out of our frenzy, out of our frustration, then nothing will. We have God in us. Not only that, but we are the, we have the spirit of God. We are in his image and after his likeness. He didn't have to do it like that. He could have made us in, in the image and after the likeness of a tiger, but he made us in the image and after the likeness of himself. That's love. That's love. God, I'm talking about creator of all things. I'm talking about father. I'm talking about Abba. I'm talking about daddy. I'm talking about king of kings and Lord of lords. I'm talking about God, the only true and living God. And he made us in his image and after his likeness. And then once he did make us out of the dust of the ground so that we can be connected to this earth in a, in a way so that we could have dominion over it. He also breathed himself into us. So we are actually without excuse. We, excuse me. We are without excuse to live in mediocrity, to have other people telling us what we are capable of or not. We are without excuse because God made us and he breathed into us. And my God, it, it's just so much to that, right? Um, so this is our first and most accurate concept of human identity. When you think of yourself, you don't think of yourself, and I'm talking about the soul. You don't think of yourself as a spirit, not, not until you get saved, right? You don't necessarily think of yourself. You may think of yourself in the physical with looking in the mirror and saying, okay, I'm this complexion. I have this type of hair. I have this type of skin, so on and so forth. But mostly we are mostly connected with how we feel and our thoughts and our desires and decisions. So we are mostly connected with our soul then second, we are connected with what we see when we look in the mirror. And then once we get saved, we finally are connected back to the spirit. But it should always be spirit first because that is how we connect straight to God and how we identify with him the most is spiritual. He's a spirit. Um, so we are a spirit that connects to God, a soul that was made from the breath of God and a body formed from the hands of God. Again, without excuse. So when we say in the word, and when the word says in Psalm uh, 129, I believe, and we keep uh, reiterating that, that we are fearfully and wonderfully made, that is an understatement. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I know that scripture, but just if you don't understand it on this level of God, not only did he, uh, did he make a spirit to match him to be, like him in his image but then he also breathed himself into us and he also formed our body with his hands if that does not make you feel like you're fearfully and wonderfully made if that does not cause you to for that to really uh click in your brain nothing will nothing will you know what i'm saying nothing will so let us make man so why why 
did God make man? Why did God make man? Out of the abundance of his love, he decided to make us. You know, people question that all the time. Why did God waste his time with, um, with mankind knowing that they were going to sin? But see, the thing about it is, and it's written right here in Genesis, it's, you can capture the reason right here in Genesis. Because, and even in the, even in the Lord's prayer, let it be done on earth as it is in heaven. God wanted us to have dominion in the earth because he made us to be like him. And he wanted us to see how he operates and, and how we operate when, when we connect back to him. But as we know, sin entered in through Eve eating of the tree she wasn't supposed to eat from and sharing that with her husband and he did eat also and then sin entered in and so now we need Jesus Christ but see God knew that from from out the gate he knew that originally he already had a redemption plan before the foundation of the earth and so now now meaning whenever you decided to accept Christ Jesus now meaning from Calvary on from Calvary on now we can accept Christ as Lord and Savior he gives us his righteousness for our sin. He done that at Calvary, you know what I'm saying? And so now we are reconciled back to God through Christ Jesus. And now we can go back to having dominion in the earth and living in the purpose in which God originally had us living from the foundation, from Eden, from the beginning. We, before we accept Christ as Lord and Savior, we don't have dominion in the earth. The earth, the world takes hold of us. The enemy just plays around with us like a slinky toy. But when we connect back to God and, and when we get saved, what happens is our spirit man is awakened because before salvation, we are spirit, right? But our spirit is laying dormant or asleep. But when we get uh, saved and we are connected back to God, reconciled back to God through Christ Jesus. Now our spirit man is awakened or reawakened, if you will. And now we have a connection to God that we don't have when we are not Christians. We don't have before we get saved. And so now our spirit man is the, it should be, I'll say it like this, our spirit man should be the most aware part of our threeness, spirit, soul, and body. So this is why we need to be dying to self, telling ourselves no, 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 that's not of God. But see, before we get saved and before our spirit man is awakened, our spirit is asleep. And so our soul and our body is just sitting there uh, uh, taking over and making decisions. And that's where the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh and pride of life come from, because our, our soul is based on our feelings. Best, you know what I'm saying, based on our thoughts, based on our desires, and based on our decisions. And we're making those that's best to us. Not thinking about God's will, not thinking about God's word. Before we get saved, God is not at the forefront of our thoughts, even if we were raised in church. But when we get saved and our spirit man is awakened, and we are filled with the Holy Spirit, and he is our witness that we are the children of God, right? So when this happens, this is when we get to that point where we don't want to do like we used to do no more. We want to study the word and, and get a better understanding of this thing called uh, life and how to be obedient to God. And our desires begin to change. And as we delight ourselves in the Lord, he gives us 
the desires of our heart. And that scripture is not talking about he gives us whatever we wanted before we got saved. It's talking about after salvation and we're and he's creating in us a clean heart and renew it with renewing within us when within us a right spirit that then God will literally give us new desires. And so this all that I've basically summed up is the process of man. Uh let us make man to glorify God. So we are supposed to do in earth what God does in heaven. We do it for his glory. He does it because that's who he is. We do it for his glory. And we are co-workers with God. We were made to work with God. We were made to submit to God. We were made to worship God. We were made to demonstrate God's goodness. We were made to demonstrate God's love. We were made to take what goes on in heaven and bring it into some type of visible reality so that others who don't know him can see him through us. We are conduits of God. That's why we were made in his image and after his likeness. We are conduits of him. That's why he told Moses, just go open your mouth and I will put the words in. Why? Because he just needs a willing vessel. He created us to be willing vessels. He made us in all these intricate ways. You have a certain personality. You have certain gifts. You have certain talents. You have certain experiences that you went through. All of this. And so you can one day get to the point where you are living this purpose life, doing what God called you to do, having dominion in the earth, making a difference, spreading the kingdom from just your vicinity out expand it out until everybody that you come into contact with should know about God through you, through your lifestyle. We are a living testimony of who God is. That is why he made us. Let us make man. Why? So that man could glorify God. He said in the Old Testament, I will be your God and you will be my people. That's what he said to Israel. That's all he ever really wanted is a people who would truly represent him, represent him to the rest of the world. That is what we're here for. Now, you might do it in singing, and I might do it in preaching, and you might do it in dancing, and I might do it in teaching, and you might do it in praying, and I might do it in, you know, uh, interceding or whatever. But the thing about it is we all need to be working together as Ephesians 4 teaches us, working together as the body of Christ, every joint supplier. Uh, Ephesians 4 really breaks that all the way down and brings it back full circle of what we are here for. So if you ever question, Lord, I don't know what I'm here for. And see, every time we have those thoughts, the enemy gets busy. And he wants you to think that you're here nothing more than to uh, get turned, get lit, or whatever these phrases are. Nothing more than to please yourself. Because the enemy knows if you, if I please ourselves like uh, Eve done at the tree. She looked at the tree and she saw that it was good to eat from and all this kind of stuff. She was in it to please herself. So when we become self-centered, we are not God-centered. And the enemy knows that it's the best distraction of all times. It's just simply to get us to be more concerned about our own self than God. That is idolatry. Because anything you put above God is idolatry. And one of the Ten Commandments is there should be no other God before him. And you might say, well, I don't worship the trees, and I don't worship the this, and I don't worship the that. But if you are more concerned with yourself and pleasing yourself 
than pleasing God. That is idolatry, right? And so that is the enemy's plan. He cannot, once we accept Christ as Lord and Savior, he, he knows he can't, uh, we, we're not going to hell, right? But he wants to put us in a position where we're not focused on God. There's so many distractions that come up. That's why when, when anybody ever gets really close to their purpose, really about, about to walk into their calling, really about to tap into this thing, uh, their true identity, their true identity really uh, about to be more spirit than flesh, the enemy gets very uh, antsy because he knows that if we are more spirit than flesh, that he can't sit there and bother us with this fleshly stuff. Oh, well, eat from the tree, I, even though God told you not to, because if I'm spirit and I know I'm spirit and my spirit is connected to God, then I'm going to say, no, I'm going to be like Jesus was in the wilderness. No, man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And so we keep on giving the word to the enemy. Give the word to your situation. Give the word to that crazy thought. Give, your, give the word of God to whatever tries to come up against you and detour you, distract you, derail you. Come against it with the word of God. Be like your uh, Savior, Jesus. And he was the greatest example. That's what he done it for. He didn't have to come to earth necessarily to do the things how he done it the way the reason why he done it so specifically and so strategically is because he knew we were going to need that example one day when we accepted him and what he done for us on Calvary we were going to need then to see an example of a human that actually did God did the word of God and done it consistently and so we are without excuse if you don't learn anything else today uh, learn that you are made up of spirit, soul, body, but you need to, uh, your spirit man needs to be awakened. If you are a Christian, then your spirit man is awakened. If not, then your spirit man needs to be awakened so that you can be who God originally designed and created you to be and operate as such. Not in soulless thoughts, me, me, my, my, I, and all of this and that, but be, uh, be in the spirit. They that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And so your spirit is create your spirit was created to worship God. Your body wasn't. Your soul wasn't, but your spirit was created to worship God. That is why when we get saved, we have this overwhelming desire to be at church and listen to the music and get in the word and pray because now our spirit man is awakened. Like, where have you been all my life, God? You know what I'm saying? So we were created to worship God, but then the flesh gets in the way and then our soul wants to rise up. And that's why we have to fast and pray. Cause when we fast, that's a fast way of telling our, our body. No, no ma'am, no ma'am. It's God's way or the highway. But when we, when we just do whatever we want to do, it's hard for us to be, Spirit-led, because in order for us to be spirit-led, meaning being led by the Holy Spirit, our spirit has to be awakened, fully aware, and we have to feed our spirit with the Word of God, feed our spirit with, with encouraging and inspirational uh, words from fellow Christians and things of that nature. Feed, feed, feed our spirit so that our spirit man can be more, uh, can be stronger than our flesh. But just think about it. Say you, like me, I didn't get saved until I was uh, 24. I didn't get saved until I was 23 or 24. So just think about it. I had all two decades of my flesh doing anything it wanted to do. And so then once I got saved, it was a whole process. Because, yeah, God can do it instantly. But we also have a participation. We also have a responsibility to renew our own minds 
the uh, Romans 12 and 2 says, um, renew your mind. It doesn't say, God, renew my mind. It says, it's telling us to renew our minds. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. God will assist with that, but he's not going to sit there and just like a robot renew our mind. You know what I'm saying? We have to participate in that by changing our perspective on things, changing what we read, changing what we watch, changing what we listen to, changing our friend circle, changing what we receive when people are talking to us, and so on and so forth. We renew our mind. It is proactive. It is an action phrase. It is not something that we're just hoping God is going to do miraculously. No, we definitely are responsible and in full participation of renewing our mind so that why our mind is the reason why it's renewed because re means to, to do again because originally we had the mind originally adam and eve had the mind to follow after christ consistently there was not a disobedient um act until there was a disobedient act so originally that's all they knew it was to obey god submit to god surrender to his will but now us we got all this born into sin, shaping into iniquity, all these thoughts, all these deeds, everything we've done. And now after uh, we accept Christ as Lord and Savior, now it's a process in getting to where we need to be re uh, reconciled, renewed, restored. It's, it's again, we once was there in eating, but now we, we are getting back to that. So, again, in, in closing, if, if I must be so pastoral, <laughs> let us make man. So God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit decided to make man in his image and after his likeness, we are spirit first. Then we are wrapped in 11 elements, which are oxygen, carbon, hydrogen, nitrogen, calcium, phosphorus, potassium, sulfur, sodium, chlorine, and magnesium. But then the 12th element is the breath of God that he breathed into man and man became a living spirit. So the soul is made up of mind, will, and emotions. The mind are, is the thoughts. The will is the desires and decisions. And the emotions are our feelings. But as Christians, we are supposed to have dominion in the earth. But the only way we can truly do that is we are spirit first. We have to remember we are spirit first. And what does that mean? Spirit means I'm not concerned with pleasing myself. I'm not concerned with getting the last word in an argument. I'm not concerned with people people thinking I'm just great and grand. No, what I'm concerned with is pleasing God, being obedient, walking by faith and not by sight, walking after the things of the spirit and not after the things of the flesh. That's what I mean when I say spirit first. God saw fit to make us spirit first. So when we are figuring out what's the most important things to do, to make ourselves better people, so to speak, feed your spirit first. Even the word of God says to exercise only gives a little a little benefit, and I'm not saying the scripture verbatim, but basically that's the summation of it. Exercising our body is for a little benefit. Why? Because this is a temporary body. God is going to, when, when uh, the rapture, it's time for the rapture, and Jesus comes back, he's going to trade in our corruptible body for an incorruptible body. So this this corruptible body is 11 elements, and it's going to turn back to ashes and ashes and dust to dust. That's not to say don't take care of your body. I said that's not the first thing. The first thing is spirit. Feed your spirit. Study the word. Pray. Listen to God. Surround yourself with godly people. Um, and then also 
mental health, mental health, that's a new, not a new thing, because that's obviously something that people have been dealing with for decades, but I'm just saying people are more aware of it these days, uh, mental checks, get a therapist if you need to, get a get an accountability partner, get somebody that you trust that you can vent to, um, have, uh, speak over your life, speak affirmations over your life, take care of your body, eat better, um, work out more, walk, whatever is suiting for you. Do take care of your body, but just remember it's not the number one thing. And your and your soul, your mind, will, and emotions. Make sure all of that is in check, but your spirit first, because we got a work to do in this earth, and we cannot do that work just off of our physical body. We cannot do that work just off of our mental capacity. We have to be connected to God, spirit to spirit. He is a spirit, and they that worship Him. And worship is not just the cute little songs that we sing on Sunday. Worship is a lifestyle. That means that everything I do in this worship is to glorify God and to be in a oneness with him, to, to just be just bask in his glory. And as I do that, people can see it in my everyday life. People can see it in my everyday life, right? This is where we as Christians need to get to. And this is why. God made man. Let us make man. He had that notion and he done it. And here we are all these years later, still with the same purpose in mind, to have dominion in the earth, to glorify God. So seek him out for your specific way, because he did make us unique, fearfully and wonderfully unique and all these great things. What you do is not necessarily what I do, but all of us come together as the body of Christ, jointly fit to glorify God. Again, uh, I'm re referencing Ephesians 4. That's something that I would suggest everybody study, and I may actually have a Bible study on that in the future as uh, the Spirit leads. But I'm going to pray us out very quickly. I hope you got something out, out of this. I hope it was relevant. I hope that uh, you, uh, I broke it down enough that you were able to grasp it. If you need notes or need me to further explain or anything like that, just hit me up. Um, but Lord God, we thank you. I pray that everything is received, God. I pray that everything is understood. Give us wisdom, knowledge, understanding. God, come through and give the ladies, give myself re revelation of this thing so that we might get it and eat on the meaty parts of it and digest it well so that we can apply it and know exactly what you're saying to us in Genesis through how you made man and why you made man so that we can truly live our lives out for your glory, your glory alone. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, ladies of Perpetual Hope, you guys have a great night.